Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. We're back. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Say Sayonara to Tuesday's Betts. It's sad, man. It's it's bittersweet, I'll say. Um, you know, we've been doing this show on Tuesdays for, let me count, uh, 18 weeks at <laughs> this point <laughs> for the entire season, and that goes away after this week. So last mm. Tuesday show of the year, pour one out. Yeah, it's kind of like we get a coffee bro hangout, you and I. Are you drinking coffee right now? I am drinking my coffee. You? Got mine. Nice. Uh, and we get to invite all of our friends to come hear us sip our coffee and talk about the week. I mean, it, it's this intimate setting. A tu- I mean, Tuesday has a different vibe than a Monday. It's not a Friday. It's not Wednesday. Tuesday is, uh, it, I mean, it's a personal day, and uh, this is our last one of the NFL season. Uh, just so you know, we're not going anywhere. We're still going all throughout the playoffs, but we will be moving from two podcasts a week to one uh because, well, our slate gets a lot smaller, right? We got a playoff slate. Uh, but this one is a big mama for Week 18. So we're going to preview the Week 18 uh, slate. We will be doing some fun stuff, though. I, I like I like the offseason. I like that we get to get creative, talk about, uh, you know, part of the process of DFS, process of betting, and the process of just forecasting for sports. So I, I like it a lot. We will also be doing our DFS awards next week where you and I get to talk through the boys like who who are the crew like i don't know just gonna throw out someone random like kate otten he is he could be one of the guys this year could be i don't know what category would be just the the you could play this guy if you wanted to <laughs> he's cheap enough category um yeah last year was a lot of fun we had like punt tight end of the week cash game running back of the week uh the slate breaker who popped up the most just stuff like that so it's fun to review and kind of think about like man, we really were on, you know, this player and kind of brings you back to week four, which at this point feels very fuzzy in your brain. But uh, that show is always fun, a good little recap. And, you know, at the end of the year, too, it's good, I think, to have a little bit of a review of your process, kind of understand what went well, what didn't go right for you this year. Was it just kind of a bad run of the year or were you making mistakes with your lineups and your decisions? So it's always good to just not you know, shut the book on the year and then move on. Like there should be a recap. So you kind of know, okay, here's what I got to work on for next year. And here's how I can get better. You know, usually at the end of the year for school, it's May, you're signing everybody's yearbook. You're telling them, Hey man, what a great biology class we had together. And then you insert the teacher's name. Like, Oh, that was so funny. It's like, okay, I'm never going to remember that inside joke again. But 
this is like a DFS end of the year extravaganza that we're going to push forward into the playoffs when we, when we get there and it's a different animal. So we're going to talk about that strategy and stuff next week. I also would love to hear some feedback about the DFS pass. What's been helpful this year. Uh, feel free if you want to tag bets at the fantasy PT on Twitter. I am at Kyle underscore Borg. And then if you want brownie points, if you tag at the FF ballers about the DFS pass, I mean, y- you will warm my heart because then you get to actually show everyone else too. Hey, uh, this has been valuable. Uh, so appreciate the feedback, all of that. Let's review our picks from this past week. Straight cash, homie. I won't lie. The end of the year, I feel like my volume for DFS has just gone down based on what each weekend's been. Like, it, you know, it's Christmas weekend. It's been New Year's weekend. I spent a weekend in the ER with my son. I was traveling for one of them. So I feel like my volume hasn't been there, but the process. The process told me to play Kyron Williams, to lock him in, cash lock of the week, and I didn't expect three touchdowns. But that felt great that Kyron, Zamir White, and CMC were my top three running backs. CMC obviously didn't come through, but uh, Kyron kind of helped uh, remove some of that, and he wasn't as popular as I thought he would be. Yeah, I think part of the reason was, you know, it was kind of a decision of uh, really, depending on how you wanted to build, it was like Kyron or Tyreek. For the most part, I mean, their price was a little different, so it wasn't an exact one to one. But if you played CMC and Zamir White, which I think almost everyone did, you had a tough time fitting, obviously, both of Kyron and Tyreek. And the wide receiver position this week, dude, was so bad. Like, uh, in even in tournaments, like Pop Douglas was super popular. Um, I'm, I'm glad we told people to fade him in tournaments. Never pop. Uh, never pop. Well, I kind of like him. I think he's a pretty good player for his role. Uh, but. You know, for the the slate context as far as cash goes, if you had Tyreek, like I said, it was tough to fit Kyron. So that was a kind of a push and pull situation. And the way that you got those guys is if you punted with, we thought it was going to be Jacoby Brissett, tweaks a hammy literally like five minutes after we record the show, (laughs) doesn't play. And then Tyrod becomes the dude and smashed. So I felt like it was one of those weeks where it was tough to decide, do you play Kyron, do you play Tyreek? I played Tyreek. Full disclosure, I had a horrible, horrible week in DFS this week because I played so much McCaffrey just in the spot that he was in. Obviously, it leaves with injury, Max Payne for yours truly and everyone else. But um, kind of the way it goes sometimes, that's going to happen. But yeah, man, hat tip to you on the Kyron call. He was awesome. Yeah, I had a true stars and scrubs bill, which I don't usually love. You know, the adage I always say is like, I don't want to punt two positions. Now, a quarterback that's under 5K, we would not call a punt play. We would call this is a good value for their salary. So that's why we had Tyrod. And I switched on to Tyrod based on what you said, Jacoby being uh, out. So uh, I had a true stars and scrubs bill with uh, Zamir, Kyron, uh, CMC, and Tyreek all in the same lineup. But then I punted everywhere else. Uh, Darius Slayton, thank you for the for the long touchdowns. Have you played Slayton uh, cash? I played Slayton. The old Tyrod Taylor Slayton stack for the win. I played him in a couple of tournaments. He was great. Um, I didn't know you played him in cash, though. That's really funny. Yeah. And, and then uh, we talked about the Broncos defense. They were fine for, for defense. And then uh, Gerald Everett. I mean, I, I, I had a pretty gross build, but once Kyron, you know, was, I think he was only like 30% in double ups, which is uh, way yeah. too low, in my opinion. So uh, I was fortunate. I basically played no tournaments. I threw a couple of darts in there, but I was fortunate. I had a good week in cash 
And uh, I did want to highlight a couple of people who do maybe did it even better. This tweet comes from Patrick Glisson. He said, I had a rough go this year in DFS and I stuck with it. I finished with a great day, second out of 1,800 in a single entry showdown. GPP, you guys are awesome. Happy New Year. I saw some other people that said, hey, it was a tough week for cash. And I won't lie, like a lot of the chalk did fail. Uh, but I saw some nice tournament wins, saw some nice showdown wins. And then one of the wins that I love seeing with our people is the process with MVP tickets. You and I have talked for the last two months, every single week, and we've said, oh, well, Dak's the favorite, but is there any value on the board? Oh, Purdy's the favorite. Is there any value on the board? Offensive player of the year. It's like, ah, oh, it's Tyreek, but is there any value on the board? And every single time, I feel like we've had people just sprinkle a little bit on, and now, I mean, the betting markets are saying it's a done deal at Lamar. I think that's still wild when you look at his counting stats. And and I think we're comparing it to his other MVP year where he just completely smashed. But the field overall is kind of just down this year in terms of uh, overall numbers and counting stats. But uh, I've seen some Lamar tickets in our Discord channel of people that got him a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, and then people that before the year got in on Lamar, who's been one of our favorites for years. I love when Lamar is good and relevant and healthy. It's just good for the NFL, man. It's He's so fun. And um, and yeah, that was a great uh, process, I think, to get on him. Remember, we also took him when we talked with Warren in August on Warren yes. Sharp. We took him to lead the league in uh, passing touchdowns. That was a swing and a miss. But it's kind of buying into that like outlier season that he could have an MVP caliber year in the system. And you're seeing it. And really, you know, when you think about the Ravens, like this team is not what they are without Lamar Jackson. Just look at their wins and losses when he's in the lineup and not. Tells you all I need to know about how the the player performs. And I will say, this is a good learning lesson. I think this year's MVP race, more than any others in the past couple of years, just, you know, in week 12 and week 13, when we think it's decided, it's not decided. And looking at the schedule, primetime games, when these kind of uh, favorites at the top of the board play each other, especially in island games, really helps you kind of identify where there's value. So even if you miss Lamar in the preseason, you know, you and I talked, I think it was like, three weeks ago when we said, hey, on Christmas night, if they beat the Niners, like Lamar's probably going to win the award. So it looks like a done deal at this point. Congratulations to everyone that has that ticket and Lamar. Um, Offensive player of the year, though, man. I don't know. It's it seems to be CMC minus 300 is the betting favorite. He will not play. He will not play this week. Um, Tyreek Hill needs, I think it's like 250 or something yards to (laughs) to break the single season record. I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. No, I, it, it would not shock me with CMC resting and them in a game where if they win, you know, they, they win the AFC East, they get the two seed. Like it's an, it's a big game. He's going to be playing this game. Tyreek, if you want to sprinkle a little on Tyreek and say that he flip flops. <laughs> I mean, last week we were saying like, oh, CMC is a great bet. We know that like he's probably going to score at least two touchdowns. It's just wild, the back and forth. And so I think the bigger idea uh, for betting this, like Betts was mentioning, is that whatever the favorite is or or whatever the books are saying, it's a data point. It is not a true uh, sense of what this player actually is worth in a market. It's more saying this is what we want people to bet. So uh, right now, Lamar is the overwhelming, I think it's minus 20,000 on, on DraftKings, which, you know, that seems like as done a deal Amber as it. you can get. 
Yep. Hammer yeah, it. Ham- hammer it. Put the life savings <laughs> on that. Get a get a dollar. But <laughs> when we talk about offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, all of these things, they are data points that you can look at, not for sure this is what's going to happen, even when you get to minus 300, you know, those kind of things. It's not like locked in. When we get to bet the NFL draft, which is a really, really fun exercise that you and I get to do in March and April, take it as part of the puzzle, okay? When we see DraftKings, DraftKings is great at their books, but they're really good at people assuming that it's a fact. And a lot of times with the draft, we're like, oh, well, we just know this team's going to take this player. Well, when people are way overconfident in those things, you know that there's still some moving parts. So it'll be fun when we get to talk about more of that. That will still be in the DFS pass. Um, And this next year, we're going to add some more betting content for 2024 as we get closer. So uh, make sure you join in with us, dfspass.com. We got some fun stuff coming up. State of the main slate. Speaking of betting, let's check in with a couple of totals we have. Each week, we refer to the lines at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. It's where bets and I play. Go to sportsbook.draftkings.com and let's check in with some win total wagers that, like, we're, we're going to be sweating out this Bills one that we thought a couple weeks ago, like, man, Kyle, you're so sharp. That was so smart. <laughs> Then Josh Allen and the Bills came out and rattled off, what, six straight at this point or five straight wins? I don't even know. Um, and now <laughs> the under 10.5, which I think we got plus 125 on, comes down to Sunday night. If they win, the bet loses. If they lose, the bet wins. So it comes down to that. It's a three-point spread in favor of Buffalo. So in theory, they should win the game, but we'll see. Very tough uh, matchup for both teams. Tons on the line for both teams. The Bills can lock up the AFC East with a win finishes the two seed or depending on what happens in the other games if they lose they could just miss the playoffs entirely i mean that's hard to remember yeah like the swing of just like not just will you sneak in as a wild card but like will you even be in the playoffs or are you the two seed so it's just massive uh implications should be a lot of fun for anyone looking to play some showdown on sunday night that game should be awesome did that line surprise you at all buffalo minus three on the road or that just miami injuries I think it's a lot of the Miami injuries. I mean, they just lost Bradley Chubb to a torn ACL. Tua banged up his left shoulder last week. Raheem Mostert sat the week before. Uh, they've been dealing with injuries kind of all year. Xavier Howard left the game with a foot injury. So I think it's more of the injuries and how well Buffalo's been playing. Yeah. I, that If that line gets to three and a half, I would take Miami. So I just think it's that's a lot. Anyway, uh, I want to oh, check also, in. 50, 50 and a half points. I know. So we what know are we what doing? to do with that. Yep. <laughs> we're going under baby <laughs> are we are we 12 out of 13 or 13 out of 14 at this point it's something like that did any close last week at 50 i don't remember i need to look at the closing lines because the week before one of them closed at 49 and a half and it had been like at 51 so yeah um i love 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 win totals markets i think it's the part of the process that i feel most confident in the only problem with win totals, and people always have this gripe, and I get it, is you have to wait so long on your money. And so in, investing a lot of your bankroll in win totals sounds really fun when you get to May. And then if you're one of those people that says, hey, I have a set amount for the year for DFS, betting, all that stuff, you get to August and September and you're like, oh, crap, I spent you know all this money on these win totals that I have to wait uh, a long time. But I felt pretty good about our process, the one that we were by far the strongest on this year was the Panthers, and that was laughable. Uh, so that one felt really good. 
I have some other ones that I that I sprinkled and I looked at my uh, sports book. I was like, oh, sweet. I placed these when I was in Arizona. Now look at this. Uh, Kansas City under 11 and a half. Uh, that one felt really good. The Packers over seven and a half. That one felt good. And then the Colts. I remember on this podcast, I said, are they a sneaky candidate to potentially win the AFC South? And, and that thinking was Shane Steichen, maybe Anthony Richardson was kind of like an outlier player. Well, it didn't really matter with that. Somehow this team has put together a really solid campaign with Gardner Minshew that they're, I mean, they could theoretically win the division, right? If they win and Jacksonville loses. Yeah, there's a, a wide open race in the AFC South um, that will be decided this weekend. And that's a Saturday night game. Houston and uh, the Colts play Saturday night. So it's not on the main slate. But basically, like the winner of that game is in. I think it's whether no matter what they're in as either the winner of the division or a wild card seed, uh, depending on what happens with Jacksonville. So yeah, win and win and they're in. I want to give you guys a really good tool. Bet's put together this article. It's on the site. It's called Week 18 Motivation and Incentives. So it's a full article that looks at every single team. I would encourage you, if you're looking at the slate this week for DFS, you need to understand which teams are in it, if they can play their players. I mean, this is the hardest slate for, in the sense of projecting how much playing time. Like, If you play NBA DFS, that's what the biggest thing you're doing is you are projecting minutes and playing time. In the NFL, we really don't ever think about that. We think of touches, opportunities. Here, we're basically asking ourselves, are these teams in it and are they going to stay in it? So week 18, motivation and incentives. It's on thefantasyfootballers.com. Any little nuggets that you wanted to throw out there, uh, whether it be player incentives, which is is always fun to talk about, or uh, anything else motivation-wise you want to throw out from the article? Yeah, well, just going through it, there's so many teams still alive. I think 20 teams mathematically are still in the hunt for the playoffs in week 18. That is the NFL's dream as far as a uh, product that they want to put out for people to consume. So that was my first takeaway. The second is uh, there's a couple of player incentives that I think might have value in the props market. Dalton Schultz uh, needs to have six catches to earn an extra cool 250K wow. this weekend. So he's got some motivation to play uh, play well. And then... Jordan Love and Geno Smith both get huge bonuses if their teams make the playoffs. They'll be all out to win. Baker Mayfield is going to get paid this weekend. He will earn $300,000 for every category where he is ranked inside the top 10 in the NFL among quarterbacks or top five in the NFC for passer rating, touchdowns, yards, completion rate, and yards per attempt. Right now, he's top 10 in four out of those five. So Baker's about to get paid as long as he plays decently well this weekend. And if they win, they're in. Good for him. I'm uh, I'm happy for him to be able to do that. Um, who was the other name that I wanted to throw out there? I mean, we got actual like NFL records. You talked about Tyreek Hill. Sam Laporta is tied for the most tight end receptions ever for a rookie. So he'll break that with one. Um, he can get the yardage stuff too, but that's not really the um, incentive to get paid. The real question is, is my Falcons, you know, like what they only need like five things to go right to get in the playoffs. Oh my gosh, dude. So they are, right now they're 11, the 11 seed, technically, not that that matters, but they can still win the NFC South if they beat the Saints and Tampa loses. So they don't really need that much to go right. The issue is Tampa's playing Carolina. So we'll see. And the Falcons are on the road where they're usually terrible. So you know when Arthur Smith, the chips are down, 
He's got to win this game. You know his best players are getting the ball, so you can expect a heavy dose of Janu in the screen game, Tyler Algier, <laughs> and um, Van Jefferson out there on deep balls. Those players... It, like, it's funny that it's a joke, but it's also not a joke because those players will get, like, Matt Collins, Cordero Hodge, like, those kind of players. It is crazy. I, I know I'm taking up a little time with the Falcons, but the Falcons can move from the 11 seed to hosting a home game at the as the four seed. Wild. And also, real quick, uh, we had B. John over last week on his receiving. What the heck? I was so happy about that. Like, I was like, this is such a great bet. All of a sudden, I look up, Tyler Algier running 75 yards down the right sideline on a receiving pass. Tyler Algier has gotten like seven targets the entire year. What is happening? Well, we're I, I put out a tweet where I was talking about all the records that could be broken at the very end. I just you know, throw out just, if Arthur Smith loses again, he'll get a contract extension. Please lose this game. Like, please, like, <laughs> please lose this game to the Saints so that we can move on with our lives. And anyway, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Looking at the week 18 slate, we have a lot of games here. It's 13 games on the main slate. So Betts mentioned there's two on Saturday. There's 13 on the main slate. And then we have a Sunday night game, Buffalo at Miami. The games are split pretty evenly. We haven't had this the entire year. We're like the early window and the late window. So late swap is going to be an interesting scenario, especially with so many different players. And, you know, what happens early can affect what happens later. Playoff motivations, all those things. Any initial thoughts on strategy and kind of like a 10,000 foot view of how you approach a slate like this. Cause it's, you can't treat this the same way that we've done any of the other previous 17. Yeah. I think the first thing, like you said, is there's just more opportunity to late swap. You know, in the last couple of weeks we've had like three games in the late window and it's like, I don't want to play any of these guys or, or you already do and they're already chalky. So there's not really much you can do anyway. So I think this is a very good late swap uh, slate. Like you mentioned, the other thing is I'm not super interested in like going full on game stacks because you either have matchups between teams that have nothing to play for. And sometimes at the end of the year, you see weird uh, player usage and trends where like they might just want to get a look at a backup running back in the fourth quarter just to see what he got, you know, stuff like that. So I'm not sure interested in the teams that don't have anything to play for. I am interested, however, in just like team stacking the teams that a have good team totals and are motivated to win. For example, the Cowboys, if they win the game, they are the two seed shout out to the Eagles for being terrible. Uh, at taking on the commanders huge team total their guys should be in there to win same thing with like you know the vikings decent matchup for justin jefferson and those guys they have to win this game if they want to have a chance to get in they've got an okay team total so just examples like that of just teams that have to win and you know are uh in favorable spots where like if i play the cowboys and i play a dax cd stack like i don't need Jahan dotson or whoever right like it I'm not saying I won't play him, but we don't need him. I just want to lean into the teams that have motivation to win and have, uh, like I said, strong team totals this week. The spreads are fairly close. I mean, we have Dallas at minus 13 on the road against Washington, and then every other game is within five points, which is pretty crazy when you start to put together some of these. Like, So you can have some close games. You also could have games where you get in some backups, some players that, you know, oh, we didn't even know this guy was going to be playing at all so keep that in mind like just keep an open mind do not bank on this team will be doing this uh with this uh player 
when, you know, Tampa Bay, it's like, I can look at Tampa Bay's team and go, I'm very confident in them. And you can push them ahead in your player pool where, I mean, the Jets and the Patriots, uh, we'll look at that game. We'll talk about that game. Like, I don't know what those two teams are going to do. Like, there's going to be some randos that Keishon Boutte is going to get some playing time, isn't he? Oh, what's his price? I don't know. Who cares? Real straight booty at 3K, the minimum. Anyway, so just keep that in mind as you're going through these. The teams with the highest team implied total we talked about earlier, it's Dallas at 28.5, Detroit at 25.5, Seattle at 25.5. And And then I need to ask your opinion on this. The 49ers have a 23-point team implied total. They have the one seed locked up, and yet they are three-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Rams. Explain this to me like I'm five. So we know Christian McCaffrey won't play with the calf injury. Um, they have nothing to play for. If they lose, doesn't matter. If they win, doesn't matter. There was a quote from uh, Kyle Shanahan basically talking about, uh, someone asked him, will you rest your starters? And he kind of gave this like long-winded answer of saying, like, we're going to look at everything and see how the week of practice goes. And my understanding of the tea leaves is there's a good chance we see at least some of the starters rest, especially the key ones. And he mentioned, you know, you can't sit everyone. But like, if he sits Brock Purdy, Debo, and Ayuk, and Kittle, would be anyone be surprised? Of course not. So I think you're probably going to see Sam Darnold this week. And there's a good chance he's throwing to a couple of backup wide receivers, in my opinion. So we're following that news closely this week to see if we get any confirmation. But I am a little... Uh, hesitant that that line is correct the other thing though is that on the other side of the ball the Rams pretty much don't have anything to play for either Sean McVay has in the past rested starters in these situations he's also played starters in these situations so we don't really know what Sean McVay is going to do they can either be the six or the seven seed so like either way they're going on the road for the playoffs so this win doesn't really matter a ton for them so I think that's why you're still seeing the line favoring San Fran is a, a signal that hey the Rams guys might sit too yeah, they're either going to be playing the winner of the NFC East or the Lions on the road. So right. I don't know if they have a preference. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. So that game just, it's awkward. And I, I think I'm just going to be staying away from that game. I mean, you might get like a cheap Ronnie Bell or, you know, some other like backup rando guys for the Rams, Austin Trammell. But it, it, I just can't guess playing time and that game also might be gross. So I had the same thought, though. I feel like that line is not correct. And when I have that information, I just, you know, I I get out a second loan on my house and I tell Emma, like, hey, (laughs) week 18. Sorry, it's a new year, a new me. No, It all comes down to this. (laughs) I'm staying away from the game. All right, which game do you think will be the most popular to stack? Yeah, we just saw this game uh, on Christmas Eve. It was Vikings and Lions. Dan Campbell has come out and said he's going to play his guys. They have a small chance to improve seating, but they're locked into the three no matter what if they uh, if if the Cowboys win, basically, is the situation. So there's not much to play for, but he has said he will play his dudes. The team total and the spread says that that is correct. Uh, the Lions are at home where we know these games can get a little nutty. And then on the other side, the Vikings have to win this game. They need a win and help to get in, but they're going to play their starters. I think it'll be Nick Mullins this week after what we saw uh, from Jaron Hall on Sunday nights. So it's a good game environment. Teams that can score, you have to throw on the line. So it looks really good for the Nick Mullins situation. Kind of the same conversation as we had uh, two weeks ago. I'm going to throw out Seattle, Arizona. It's the highest over under the week at 48. After what Arizona did last week to, 
I don't even know. Can I even call them an NFL team anymore, the Eagles? Uh, uh, no. At this point, I don't even... I don't, my hope and optimism has left my body, <laughs> as has my heart. Um, this is a round one exit waiting to happen, honestly. So whatever at this point who cares what was sirianni's quote like we got a lot of stuff we gotta we gotta look at or i can't remember they've been saying that for like four weeks in a row uh anyway so i I think that's gonna be a great game because seattle has motivation arizona apparently has some fight in them it's in a dome uh and this options overall are pretty cheap like i think stacking that game together you can easily get a double stack from seattle side and bring it back with somebody from arizona or Single stack with Kyler, bring it back with like a DK Metcalf. So that game should be interesting. Which game do you think will be sneakiest? I'm going to throw out the uh, Philly and Giants game because Philly's terrible. And teams can move the ball, put up points, hang around on them, as we saw with Washington twice. The same Giants two weeks ago. The Cardinals last week. Um, It's bad vibes in Philly. And, you know, they don't know, like, they haven't said what they're going to do as far as their guys go. Uh, Because, like I said, Philly is locked into the five seed if Dallas wins, which they're 13-point favorites against the Commanders, so they probably win that game. So, in theory, the Eagles don't have much to play for, but they play at the same time as the Cowboys. So, if you get the Philly starters still able to, you know, put up points, as we've seen with Hurts, you know, all season long, and a terrible defense... You can get there with the Giants. So I think it's actually a sneaky spot here to look at uh, some Giants players. Didn't Philly have the last, their last team with like an undefeated record this year? Uh, I don't remember. They were 10 and 1 at one point. Feels <laughs> not, like years ago. Not anymore. Um, I'm going to throw out Chicago and Green Bay. Green Bay is still alive. Jordan Love looked great. Uh, and then Chicago's offense put up 34 on the Falcons because they stink. Uh, so I think it's a great environment. There's also, there's a narrative. It's, you know, it's, right here between these two teams that hate each other. So um, it will be interesting to see what the Green Bay wide receiver situation looks like. Jaden Reed got hurt, who's been balling out this year. So I think you can get some cheap Green Bay options, Tucker Craft, guys like that. And then Khalil Herbert apparently is their guy recently, 21-22 opportunities last couple weeks against a run funnel Green Bay defense. So there's some sneaky appeal in that game. Chicago can knock out Green Bay from playoff contention, which I think could be great which game do you want to be underweight on yeah the jets and uh patriots play this week in what should be something that looks like football the the total is 31 points um both teams nothing to play for obviously at this point so just no trust in usage for any of these guys or who's going to touch the ball or who's going to play and you know being in a game stack with trevor simeon and bailey zappi is is not for me this week I'm throwing out Kansas City and Los Angeles, the Chargers. Chargers are favorited, which means, yes, the Chiefs are going to be resting their players. I wrote this down. Name five players in this game and go. For the Chargers? For the Chargers. I know the Chargers, we could probably name Eckler. I was going to say, I think they're just going to play the way they've played last All right, for the Chiefs. Hmm. Who? The thing is, I was thinking about this actually before we started recording. I was like, who would they play at wide receiver? Because they kind of already have rotation. <laughs> they're like, we got to rest all our terrible. starter. <laughs> they're all terrible except for Rasheed Rice. So I don't know who would be playing there. Um, you might see Noah Gray. You might see uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Daenerys Prince? Michael Pirine? Oh, Keontae Ingram. 
maybe they'll call up Keontae Ingram and say that you deserve a spot. Please run one and a half yards into the butts of your offensive lineman over and over. That, that's, that's his role. He's so bad, man. Yeah, they're locked in three seed. No chance I'll be playing Chiefs. Uh, which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total? Yeah, I already kind of hinted at this. Uh, the Giants at 18 and a half just feels a little too low considering that the Eagles over the last six weeks are 31st in scoring allowed. They used to, you know, it used to be this this situation where you say, oh, you just throw on Philly because that's what everyone does and you can do it successfully. But now they can't stop the run either. As we saw with James Conner, Saquon Barkley two weeks ago. So you can run on Philly, you can throw on them. They let bad teams hang around all the time. Seven of the last uh, nine opponents have hit their team total. So I think the Giants can put up 18 and a half this week. I'm going with the Lions. Dan Campbell already came out and said, I will play my starters because I am Dan Campbell. Uh, they can move up to the two seed from the three. Their team implied total is 25 and a half. At home this year, they're averaging 30.6 points per game. And we saw them play these Vikings uh, a couple weeks ago. They won 30 to 24. I think the Lions are a team that you can have some confidence in moving forward. Which team are you not confident in this week? Might hit the under. The road Atlanta Falcons have been a fade most of the year when we talk about their team total at home. But the greatest show on turf, Kyle, 24 points per game. On the road, 14 points per game. They're barely scoring two touchdowns on the road. So Atlanta games this year, 62% of the under. New Orleans games this year, 69% of the under. Feels like an under game in a divisional matchup where it's must win to get in. Yeah, and just for some life advice, if you want to fade this team forever, you'll be fine. You, yeah. you can make a lot of money. Trust me. Um, I will be fading the 49ers. We talked about earlier some skepticism in that line. Their total uh, is at 23 right now. There's little reason to play the starters. I just can't see myself rostering a 49 Maybe there's like a cheap Ronnie Bell or somebody else that you end up with. Jordan Mason in cash is kind of interesting. Um, but I think this is a team that I'm not going to lean into their team implied total. They're going to rest their starters. So uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go away from that. Let's move on. Salary standouts. Looking at the salaries this week, I am quite open-handed in how I'm approaching this week. Like there's nobody that I'm looking at and saying, ooh, this is a lock on a Tuesday. Where last week we're like, okay, well, we want to play CMC. Kyron's in the mix. Tyreek's in the mix. These are guys that we felt pretty strong about. We felt strong about cheap quarterbacks last week. Um, it's really hard. And, and I think Dak is the one that you can have confidence in at 8K because they're huge favorites, 13-point favorites. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on quarterbacks this week? Yeah, I think it's either a spend up for Dak situation or drop down to one of the low 5K guys. Um, with Dak, it, you know, it's pretty obvious. Taking on the Commanders, their team implied total is the highest on the slate. We've already mentioned they have to win this game to lock up the two seed and the NFC East. So the motivation is there. So you can count on CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard, the, the offensive linemen all playing as long as the game is within reason. If they're up by, you know, 21 points in the fourth quarter, maybe they get pulled. But also, if they're up by 21 points in the fourth quarter, there's a pretty good chance Dak has uh, something to say about that. So Dak looks good if you want to spend up. In the low 5K range, I like Nick Mullins again. It's going to be a stat line where you look back and you're like, huh, three picks or a, a pick and a fumble. Or, you know, the actual NFL product may not be great, but the volume should absolutely be there. We saw that in the second half this past Sunday night. We saw that two weeks ago in the same matchup against Detroit. So I like those two guys, kind of a spend up or spend down situation. 
what if <laughs> this is just me speculating? What if I don't know Dak goes bonkers, Ceedee Lamb goes bonkers, Tyreek has a down game, CMC sits. What do you think about like I don't know Ceedee Lamb for offensive player of the year? I would be so happy. <laughs> I would be so happy. The thing that's so annoying about this is like he deserves to win. It's just that McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill also deserve to win because they've been just a little better. But like man. That that game on Saturday night was just like everything I needed to see. I was like, this is the offensive player of the year. Oh, wait. Also, Tyree Kill could break the record. Oh, wait. Christian McCaffrey scores four touchdowns every week. So <sighs> we were on it, Kyle. We I almost felt, went two for two back to back, but not I know. quite. It felt so good. So right now, CeeDee Lamb, 122 receptions, 1,651 yards. He has 10 through the air, two on the ground. You know, just get another 200-yard game, CeeDee, two touchdowns, and I think it's possible he's in half ppr he is the wide receiver one bets yeah, he's been great he's been amazing uh so the cheap guys you mentioned nick mullins sam darnold is a big question mark um and then i just need to throw out tyrod again if you want to go back there 5.3 so it's a little bit more expensive but it's against the eagles who are dead last in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed two quarterbacks his yards per attempt the last two weeks 7.9 so you're getting down the field and i will say this about tyrod he still throws a pretty ball, like a pretty deep ball. It's fun to watch. So those are the cheap guys early in the week. At running back, there's some guys with some motivation. Uh, Rashad White is pretty close to a couple of big milestones. They're motivated, 7.6. It was his first dud game that we've seen in over three months, but Carolina's the team that's been terrible against the run the entire year. I feel like he's the safest of the expensive guys that you can pay for at 7.6. And then DeAndre Swift, if you had him this past week, DeAndre whiff, because it was bad. It was bad from a what happened. I thought they controlled the clock, but at 6.8, he's also a great play against a run funnel Giants defense. Yeah, it's tricky, man. Uh, the Eagles just didn't have the ball last week. Arizona just literally had time in possession the entire time. Couldn't do anything. So there's risk. Swift's price went up, which I don't know, man. That seems a little sketchy to me. Um, I get it. It's the Giants. It's a matchup he did well in two weeks ago. He should have smashed last week. But I just, this this team, man, I just don't have confidence right now. James Conner is apparently a league winner. And we should have all known that for the Arizona Cardinals. The last four weeks, James Conner in half point settings, running back five, running back 11, running back five, running back three. And he's only 6.1. So I feel like workload-wise, we like him. Seattle's been another team that you can run against. I feel like he's probably the best combination of workload, game environment, salary, touchdown equity. I don't know. I I feel like he's probably one of the top plays uh, of the week. Yeah, definitely agree with that, especially at the price point. I'm with you on that. Um, I think the names we should throw out is just like maybe this week he opens up as a play is Jordan Mason. Seems that Elijah Mitchell is ahead of uh, Jordan Mason currently, as long as he's healthy. We saw him come in last week when CMC was injured. So if they do rest key starters, and that includes Elijah Mitchell, uh, Jordan Mason is 4,600, which would be a very strong source of salary relief. However, it's a terrible matchup against the Rams, unless, Kyle, the Rams sit their starters, in which case it wouldn't be a terrible matchup. So uh, right now I'm just going to throw out the name and we'll figure out what's going on later in the week. That's what Sean McVay wants you to think. 
that he would do that. And so he won't do that because he likes the the mind games. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Jordan Mason needs to be on our radar uh, in my home league, in my championship with CMC. I knew I was doomed when Debo got the first touchdown. And then a couple drives later, you know, it's like, wait, why is Elijah Mitchell in this entire drive? And then, and then three straight carries inside the 10 yard line. I was like, it's over. It's done. It's over. Yep. Uh, Zamir White is getting elite usage. Josh Jacobs was apparently close, but he was apparently close the week before. So And the uh, week before that. And yeah. the week before that. <laughs> they do wants to get paid. So uh, Zamir White, 6K, has been getting great usage and a lot of usage in the passing game. Uh, last week, it was Zamir White a little bit, and then it was Devontae Adams a lot, uh, 21 targets. By the way, we did bring up Devontae Adams this past week on salary standouts. That's did it. I play him? No, I sir. Did I did not play him. Because Aiden O'Connell uh, was not, I wasn't that confident in him. Call me crazy. Uh, Dude, he was slinging it. Wide receiver. He's he's one of the boys though this year, right? What was that, week four? I think so, yeah. 4K AOC. Never forget. Dude, never forget cashing with AOC at 12 points. (laughs) Thanks Thanks to the flukiest uh, goal line rushing score ever. (laughs) All right, wide receiver. Amon Ra is uh, good at the game. Been telling you guys this for years. If you've been listening to this podcast, I've been the one alone. Uh, he's currently at 112 receptions, 1,371 yards, nine touchdowns, and 155 targets. He's a wide receiver three on the season. You can play him. Yep, he is awesome. Also, Justin Jefferson, same game. Um, if you want to drop down a little further, DeAndre Hopkins. Is a guy that I feel like I keep bringing up, but kind of just hasn't done much recently. But we've seen huge games from him in the past, taking on the Jaguars. We know the situation there. You can throw on this team. And DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys who has a little bit extra to play for this week. He needs 49 yards for a cool $1 million this weekend. So he's close to a contract incentive. Uh, he also gets an extra 250K if he can reach um, 75 catches. Currently, he's at 68. So a good to great game gets D-Hop a lot of money. Great matchup. I'll just throw it out. You know what? Maybe this is motivating me. Maybe for 2024, you and I write up some really fun, stupid contract, like on a sheet of paper in like crayon or something that my kids write up. But <laughs> at least we present it to the ballers and say, if we hit this mark, you know, uh, it'll be pretty cool. I, I, I do know this behind the scenes. I've been adding it up. I'm almost this year. I think I will be approaching my thousandth article written for the footballers. That's crazy, man. I know. That's a lot of articles. I know. So, well, here's what'll happen. I'll publish it and then I'll just, the next day I'll probably write another article and that's it. And you'll forget. I know. Um, The Jaguars wide receivers, you mentioned Hopkins against Jaguars. Jaguars wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, and then Zay Jones is buried at 3.8. That's a great value against Tennessee. I think he's cash viable. There's some other cheap guys. Darius Slayton, who was my boy this past week, 4K. The Dorch is too expensive, but it's a game that we like. So 4.6, he's he's Pop Douglas to me. That's all he is. Not that interesting. And then a but he's cheap, better. You think Dorch is better than Douglas? Did you not watch last week? All the dude does, dude. Whenever, whenever he gets a chance, last year, this year, he produces. I think he's a good player, man. Will he be in the league in two years? That I can't tell you. <laughs> but as long as he's here, he will produce. I don't know why I like that being the bar of how I look at players. 
is just like, this guy's going to be out of the league in a year. And I used to say it like as a joke for some guys, uh, but that's a real like debate. I don't know if he's in the league in two years, but you can play him in cash. There is a cheap Green Bay option that we don't know of as this recording. I can at least say that there's somebody that will probably emerge the Dontavian Wicks, the Malik Heaths. Um, we just got to figure out Bo what Bo Melton, who broke the slate on Sunday night. If you want to go with Bo uh, from Rutgers, you can do that. Um, Chase last also, week. Also, Christian Watson expected back this week. Really? Yeah, there was a report during the game that he said he felt close and that the plan was to get him out there for week 18. Of course, we've seen plans not go according, according to plan <laughs> over the years with these guys coming off injury. But he said his plan is to play this week. So we'll see. He's uh, 4.7 taking on the Bears. Will his hamstring still be in the league two years from now? Not a chance. Okay, good. Um, DK Metcalf also is interesting. Tyler Lockett, they've had some great splits. Tyler Lockett's also vanished over the last month or so. But both of those guys have motivation this week. I like DK a lot, 7.2. At tight end, I'm probably just going to be punting this week. A lot of the expensive options could be sitting. You know, there's Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle. Sam Laporta has some level of motivation. I think he's an interesting play, but I'm probably going to be punting this week. Yeah, I'm with you. And kind of along the same conversation as the wide receivers for Green Bay, Tucker Kraft looks solid at 3.7, taking on a Bears team. And then Juwan Johnson, uh, when the season was on the line last week, Juwan Johnson comes out for 12 targets. Mm. I, I don't know, man. After I played all the Rashid Shahid, all the Chris Olave in that matchup, it was Juwan Johnson. So he's 3,600 taking on the Falcons. He's at home. Makes sense to me. Yep. Uh, Logan Thomas is cheap in that same game if you need to bring back from Dallas Stacks. And then uh, I'll just throw out Kate Otten because as a joke, I needed to mention his name again. Because you're contractually obligated to do that. Yeah, I like him. Uh, Denver is a defense you can play. We played him this past week. Uh, They're a 2.8 against Aiden O'Connell. But if I'm playing Zamir White, I might not play those two together. Cincinnati, I think, is probably the best because we're going to see... You think it's going to be DTR? Uh, either DTR... Well, no, DTR is on IR with a hip injury, actually. Uh, it'll probably be P.J. Walker. Even better. Play the Bengals. Yep. And no Amari Cooper and probably no Elijah Moore and probably no David Njoku. So, yeah. P.J. Walker with the, with the backups. What could go wrong? No, I think the the public as a whole has to rest up for playoff Flacco because all of us are going to be rooting for him. It's going to be great, man. I hope they win. I hope they do too. I think they'll probably fall short and we'll be like, Oh, that was a really good story. Yep. That's, that's the most likely outcome. But as far as a good story goes, let's, let's hope for a win. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings league, fantasy footballers, DFS, Borg and bets. We've got some playoff contests coming up. You want to be a part of those. If you want to win some cash, if you're one of those people that spent all of your money in 2023, guys, it's 2024. Now it's time to win some money in our playoff pool so you can join us at ballersdfs.com. And one more shout out before we close, go to footclanvote.com. If this podcast has given you some value, maybe some laughs, some great times, maybe it's caused you to go to Chili's or time or two, go to footclanvote.com. You're welcome. Yep. Uh, free advertising for Chili's. Uh, and yeah, you can vote for us to be one of the winners of the sports and betting podcast, uh, at sportspodcastawards.com. So, uh, footclanvote.com. We would really appreciate it. 
Bet, sign us off for the last time on a Tuesday. Last Tuesday show of the year. We'll be back Friday to hopefully have an idea of who's playing this weekend. Should be fun. But like Kyle said, ballersdfs.com. I'll have some contests up for us to play the Saturday two-game slate and an unbelievable Sunday night game between the Bills and the Dolphins. We will see you guys on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.